Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Shining Scholar Education Podcast where we talk about secondary English and language arts tips, strategies, and resources. We'll also share the ups and downs in the wonderful world of teaching. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm a teacher creator here with Shining Scholar Education. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello again, my friends, and thank you for tuning into the podcast again. Uh, this is part two of the COVID-19 stories. What has your experience as a teacher been like? And we received quite a few emails and it was really hard to choose the ones to talk about, but uh, I think you won't be disappointed with the ones we selected. There was so many good ones, but we tried to pick a little bit of everything just to give everybody a, a voice on the podcast. And thank you again for all of you that participated and sent us emails and direct messages on Instagram and on our Facebook page. We really appreciate you reaching out, letting us know what you think about the show and sharing your stories with us. One thing we noticed with a lot of emails was that they were coming from teachers with spouses in the medical field, like doctors and nurses and EMTs. Uh, we had one writer, Sam, in Gary, Indiana. She says her husband's a nurse in a COVID unit, and he had to set up camp in the garage for fear of passing on the virus to his family. He unintentionally got it while treating COVID-19 patients at the hospital. According to her email, he's had quite an experience with the virus. One memory that sticks out in her mind is him having to hold the phone as one of his patients was going to die soon. So he was holding the phone as his family were on video chat and saying their goodbyes as the person was on oxygen and wasn't expected to live much longer. Um, we, I can only imagine what it's like to be in that position. Um, it's just rough all around. It's not an easy, easy thing for anyone. Uh, however, her husband does have a message. He says, please wash your hands and wear a mask because you may not get it, but you may give it to someone and that wouldn't be a good thing. So imagine giving it to a kid. Uh, and again, this is the, the idea that her husband is setting for us in the email she wrote to us, giving it to a kid and then feeling responsible and guilty for knowing that even though it didn't do much to you, it could wreak havoc on their lungs and immune system and everything else. So. Sam, please uh, thank your husband for everything he's doing for us. He's on the front line. He really is a hero. And we hope his recovery is quick and he gets well soon. We had another email from Simon in Shreveport, Louisiana. And he says what hurt him the most was not being able to say goodbye to his students because his school was shut down over spring break. So he never got to give him one last hug and say goodbye and, and help them along with the distance learning that they had in their near future. Uh, he says he's been struggling to get the hang of Google Classroom, and he's struggling to reach the kids that don't have internet services or devices. And Simon says he's coming up with creative ways to get the internet to kids along with devices so they can do their schoolwork at home. I have to say, Simon, you're an inspiration to all of us, and your kids are very lucky to have you as a teacher and caring so much and trying to look out for them crazy time during this crazy time of need and unprecedented circumstances. We also got another email from Michelle in Austin, Texas. She says some teachers there have already been protesting and there's talk of a strike. She's considering quitting because going back to school with a little one that has a respiratory condition is not an option for her. She didn't say which respiratory condition, but I wouldn't want to do that either. Now, she also says... You can't strike in Texas because you lose your pension and all your retirement and your teaching license. So there's severe penalties for striking in Texas. And she says, quote, it breaks my heart to quit, but I don't know what else to do. Michelle goes on to say that one silver lining she's found throughout all this is through the Nextdoor app, 
which you can see people around your neighborhoods. I have it for where I live, and, and it's pretty neat. People post things for sale, local events in the neighborhood, in the city, different things like that. So it really fosters a sense of community. She says that she's seen people post that they're willing to help to go get groceries or run errands or pick up kids' meds or just do anything that needs to get done that they might not be able to. Which is really neat because when you consider everybody's at home right now and they're sitting around and they have a car and they're able-bodied, that's really wonderful that these people are stepping out to say, you know, I can help you with these things. And she says she was a little iffy in trusting people for doing that, picking up her kids' meds, but she realized that she had to swallow her pride and ask for help if she needed it. She goes on to say it's a beautiful thing of humans helping humans. And she says it reminds me of Mr. Rogers' quote that when bad things happen, to look for the helpers. I remember that quote. Mr. Rogers was a wonderful man with great lessons. Uh, we got several emails from teachers saying that they have to reorganize their little desks for elementary schools anywhere from three to six feet apart. There'll be no moving around, no interactions. The kids will be wearing masks. And a lot of them said that it won't feel the same. It's not going to be school. It'll be kind of like detention. They said, yeah, we'll be interacting and everything, but oh, they'll be interacting verbally. But no physical touch, no hugs, no high fives, nothing like that. So, wow, this is really a new norm. It's going to be hard to, to get used to this. We have another one from a teacher named Stephen in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and he says they're striking for fear of more teachers dying like Kimberly Bird did. She and two other teachers were teaching remotely. Uh, there was three teachers total in one classroom, but they were teaching remotely uh, to the kids at home in their home but they were all in the same classroom on campus. So according to Stephen, they followed the protocol to the T and all three of them still got it. Now only one of them passed away, the other two survived, but he says that according to the news reports, it's been a really uphill climb for them. And this virus is like something we've never seen before. It's, it's really scary. And to know that one teacher passed away already in Phoenix, Arizona, it's heartbreaking. Uh, we also got one from Peggy in Michigan. Uh, let me see. Did she? Yes, she's from Kalamazoo, Michigan. She says she was kind of forced into early retirement because she'd met her minimum requirement and she didn't want to get the risk of getting the virus at her age. She doesn't say how old she is. She just says, quote, this is all I've done for the last 45 years of my life and it will be a big change with lots of adjustment. Wow, 45 years of service. Thank you, Peggy. That's that's amazing. Who knows how many lives you've touched during those 45 years and continue to touch and their effects onto other people. So a great teacher lights a thousand other candles and those candles light a thousand more. So props to you, Peggy. She says uh, she and her husband had hoped to travel at, after retirement, but she says it's not a good time right now. But they are thinking about buying an RV and interact with people on their travels as little as possible. She says they would only really go out for food and gas so it would be the same as staying at home she says she's never been to the grand canyon nor las vegas and she would love to see them just in case this virus has her number oh peggy don't say that i'm sure you're going to live a long long time and see the fruits of your labor through 45 years of teaching wow that's impressive we had another person write in george he didn't say where he was from but he said that he brought his mom to live with his family she lives alone and she suffered from depression and he and his wife decided to bring in his mom to help take care of the kids during this time of quarantine because he and his wife are working from home. He says she felt lonely as it is, so now with quarantine, it would have been even worse. They were all tested before moving in together. That was very smart, George. Great foresight. 
And while he and his wife are working from home, he says that they all see each other for lunch. They all break for lunch when they can. And that grandma's having a great time being so close to the grandkids. George also says that they take quite a bit of time for things that didn't used to take a lot of time. For example, he says they sanitize everything that they buy, uh, even though he says they don't go out for grocery shopping anymore, that they just have them delivered through Amazon Prime. He says it's very time-consuming. The more you buy, the more you have to clean, and we wipe them down with Clorox wipes. And when we run out of that, we use a disinfectant spray. But he says it's worth it. I wish everyone out there the best of luck and stay safe and happy. Well, George, it seems like you and your family really have a handle on things. We thank you for your, your tips, and we hope you, you folks continue to be happy and healthy throughout this crazy time. Uh, this last email we chose only because of the effect. It was a very, very powerful email. Not to say the others weren't, but this one really stuck out to me. Uh, Kelly, she doesn't say where she's from. She just says she's a fourth grade teacher. She, stayed at, she stays at home with her two little boys and her husband kept working because he's an essential worker and he works for UPS. He did get it, but it didn't kill him. It's left him with what the doctor called impaired lung function due from scarring from the virus. And she says that her husband spent 17 days in the hospital. And that means not seeing them through anything but FaceTime. Uh, one thing that really surprised her was one of his first symptoms was loss of taste. He didn't have a fever or cough or anything flu-related, but it was just loss of taste. He couldn't enjoy his favorite foods. From one day to the next, she said that his energy levels just dropped and his fever spiked. He said she started off on a Tuesday with a 99, and then by Tuesday night, it was 101. Wow. And she goes on to say that she he had to watch his kids from his garage because he didn't want interaction and the fear of passing it on to his kids. And Kelly goes on to say that it's very strange not to be able to hug and kiss the person you married. She says, my husband's my best friend and I can't hug him or kiss him. She also says that her husband would sometimes be a little grumpy when he had to get up and go take care of the 10-month-old in the middle of the night after a long day at work. But now he says he can hear the baby cry from the garage and he says that he wishes he could go help. And one of the most powerful parts of the email was this one right here. She says, even during this time of coronavirus, of all the unknowns and all the fear and all the panic, of all the pain, of all the suffering, it's funny the love we found at death's doorstep. In a way, it's brought us closer together. That's beautiful, Kelly. One piece of advice Kelly does offer to her fellow teachers is, is to not feel like you have to put on a front. It's okay to not be okay. She says we're actors at heart because we always have to put on a smile, even when we're having a bad day, just so the kids don't pick up on it, your students, and you get through the lesson and they can have a good day. She said, but it, this is a state of emergency. Don't try to be a ridiculously strong teacher at home. You're human. She says, allow yourself to break down. Allow yourself to share your emotions. Don't try to be a super powerful person that pretends to be in, in control of your emotions all the time. She said she had to take a day when everybody was asleep and her husband was still in the hospital and she cried and cried for hours. And then finally, she fell asleep due to exhaustion. It's okay to be vulnerable, she says. You do what you have to do to get through that stage to get to the better parts. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your experience. You packed a lot of wisdom in your email. And so we're very grateful for that. And thank you for allowing us to share it with our listeners and hopefully they'll share it on because that's a very powerful story. 17 days away from your husband uh, with your kids. Uh, it can't be easy. 
we hope you guys are doing well. Stay safe. Keep changing the world, Kelly. You, of all people I know for sure are, and your husband as well. And we might make a part three of this series, folks. If we get a few more emails, if you have something you really want to share with the world, please reach out to us at shiningscholareducation at gmail.com. Or you could shoot us a message on Instagram, same thing, shining underscore scholar underscore education. On Twitter at Shining Scholar, or on our Facebook page for Shining Scholar Education. Reach out to us in the most convenient way for you, and we'll be happy to read your story. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Uh, we hope the, this podcast has been a service to you. If you can think of three people that might benefit from this episode, share this podcast with them. Help us grow. Again, this is just a small team of five teachers. Right now as I'm recording it in my studio, in quotes, studio, air quotes, it's my small closet where I can only have enough room to stand, my mic, and my laptop. But we're doing this by teachers for teachers. Again, thank you to all of you that reached out to us. There was Peggy in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, George, who didn't say where he was from. Let's see. Kelly, again, she didn't say where she was from. All the other teachers that reached out. Stephen from Phoenix. Michelle in Austin, Texas. Simon in Shreveport, Louisiana. And Sam in Gary, Indiana. I think we all learned and we, we got something from today. And it couldn't have been possible without you folks sharing your stories. So, again... This is your host, Charlie, signing off. Thank you again for tuning in, teachers, and everything you do. Keep changing the world. Make it a great day. Thank you again for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, share, and consider leaving a review. It really does help. We make resources for teachers by teachers. Check us out at shiningscholareducation.com and at our Teachers Pay Teachers store as well. We'd love to hear from you, so email us at shiningscholareducation at gmail.com to share any questions or topics you'd like on the show. Thank you for all you do, teachers, and keep changing the world.